Every action you take as a leader has a ripple effect, starting with your team, going out to the organization, and even out into people's personal lives. Here we offer you the chance to learn from real-life stories of leadership, so you can gain a deeper understanding and level up your own skills. From communication, to culture, to power and equity, to feedback, to resolving conflict, and more. Join us and make sure you're creating the ripples you want. Welcome to Leadership Ripples with Leah Fink. Hello, everyone. Today, we're going to be talking about one of the first dimensions of connecting with your team and creating trust. Now, this is a big topic. We're certainly not going to cover every single factor today, but we are talking about one of the foundational competencies that I talk about, which is so critical. And in further shows, we will be building and building on this. Now, this specific story I was given uh, does not go into a ton of detail, and you might find it very relatable yourself. And so without further ado, let's go into it. So B wrote in to say, I have worked in corporate for many years and would consider myself a people-oriented manager. I have a small team and work really hard to be connected to them and to listen to them. That being said, I get the sense that maybe they don't really like me or don't like to talk to me. I think there are times they get frustrated or I get the sense they want to say something, but they don't say anything. I want to make sure I have good relationships with my team. How do I make sure that I'm connecting with them in a helpful way? So, excellent question. Thanks so much for sharing that, B. And of course, this is a fairly common situation. I think a lot of leaders can relate to this sense of not knowing if the people you lead like you, maybe feeling some sort of hesitance or something from them. And we don't like that feeling. Leaders are human, right? We all are looking constantly for this sense of connection and belonging with others. And you care about the people on your team. So of course you want to feel that sort of connection to them. Now, this is not to say that you need to be best friends with absolutely everyone on your team. Uh, that's not the best way to go about it is maybe to approach it that way. But it is to say we of course want to build these healthy and supportive relationships. Now, there is one piece of course that is different when you are a leader on a team and that is the existence of a power dynamic. And we, you, if you remember from our last our introduction episode, I talked a little bit about power and how one of the cornerstones of the work that I do focuses on this ethical use of the power that we have as leaders. Because when we use it unconsciously, it's not going to do us much good. It actually surprises me how few people, when we talk about leadership, talk specifically about power how it affects our relationships, and therefore, of course, affects how we lead. So I will say that a lot of what I talk about in regards to power comes from a modality called the right use of power. And you can go to the therightuseofpower.org or look up the Right Use of Power Institute. And it is a phenomenal resource. It was created by Dr. Cedar Barstow. I've been facilitating in this for many, many years, and it is really one of the core pieces that I bring to my work with organizations. And really all that it is, is giving us language and understanding of what power is, how it affects, how we interact with each other. Because the thing is, if you like the word power, if you don't like the word power, if you're comfortable with it, not comfortable with it, it is in our relationships. And we have to be aware, we have to be conscious of this. So let's just start by talking a little bit about what power is. I'm going to use a really simple definition, and that is that power is the ability to influence or create or stop change. 
very simple. It's not good or bad. It's very neutral. But of course, with that can be used in ways that are healthy or unhealthy. And as we start talking about power, a really important piece to think about is your own experience with power. And this is a great thing to reflect on as a leader. When I say that word, what do you think of? Do you think of positive experiences of power? Maybe you had a really healthy family. Maybe you had great teachers who really supported you. Maybe you've had fantastic bosses your whole life. You lucky thing. I don't know how you manage that. And, uh, you know, everyone was really supportive. And you think, yeah, power is great. I'm going to use my power in this super healthy way that was demonstrated to me. A lot of people have had at least one or two or maybe a lot of negative instances of how people with power have maybe interacted with them. Maybe you didn't have the healthiest home growing up or a teacher or a coach who did not support you in a very healthy way for you. All of those experiences are going to impact how you think about power. So when I do this exercise with organizations and ask them people just to brainstorm thoughts and feelings that come up, some people will say, oh, it's, it's fantastic, it's so freeing. Some people will say it's oppressive. Whatever you feel about power, wherever you are in those spectrums, how you feel about it is going to impact how you use your own power to lead. Critical that we be able to reflect on this and consider it as we go forward. So throughout this show, as we continue on, we will actually be talking about some different types of power, some some flavors and varieties and different ways that they might show up in the workplace. And for now, we're going to focus in specifically on your role power. So that is the power that you were given, the influence that you have in the position that you have as a leader. So maybe you were a staff member and you became a manager as you became that manager, there were certain things that you could now influence and change based on that role. That's all that means. So it's probably something you maybe earned or had to intentionally go find. And now there's this intrinsic ability to influence things. Maybe you can now determine who gets hired into new roles or who gets promoted or who gets fired or who gets penalized. Those are a lot of big responsibilities. Maybe you get to make the final decision in staff meetings about what direction you're actually moving forward. Those are the kinds of influences and abilities that you might have in your current role. Now, I am going to use some language from the right use of power in that when you have a position where you have more influence and ability to create change, I might also call that an up power position. When you have less ability to influence and create change, I'm going to call that a down power position. Now, up and down don't mean good or bad. And they also don't mean all power and no power, which will come into play in some later episodes. But for now, what we want to just consider is we are now in this position as leaders where we have a little bit more power. And actually, we're even going to jump back for a second. Think about times first that we had less power, like get into that this mindset. So you can think back to a time. Maybe it's recently you had a meeting with your CEO and you were in that position of down power. Or maybe you have to think back a ways. Maybe you've been in leadership positions for a long time. And you have to think back to a time you were in school and you had a professor. What are some of the things that come up for you? If you think about it, and you can even honestly pause this for a moment and take a moment to, to really feel, you know, were you excited in that kind of position? Did you feel supported? Maybe you felt worried. There were some thoughts like that that came up. Maybe even you noticed your body tensing a bit when I asked you to think about what it was like to be in that kind of position. 
What came up for you? And on the other side, I'm also going to get you to think about what it feels like when you are in your leadership position. This, of course, is the leadership position we're talking about on this show, but could also be when you go home and you're a parent. That's a role with power. How does that feel? What kinds of thoughts come up there? Do you notice a difference in your body and how you how you sit or stand when you think about this? And there's no right or wrong answers to this. It's just an awareness of how you're perceiving power and therefore maybe using your power. So when we think about this in a broader context, most people, when they think about and feel that experience of being in a down power position with less power, there is some sort of sense of uncertainty or vulnerability. Because if you think about it, there is literally now this person who can control some aspect of your life that you can't. In the case of a manager or boss, they could literally fire you. That could change your whole life. You have a mortgage to pay, you have kids to feed. Of course, there's going to be some vulnerability in thinking about your interactions with this person. On the other hand, maybe when you're thinking about your leadership position, maybe you felt calmer, more excited. Maybe you felt more freedom. Maybe there is a sense of responsibility. Once again, no wrong answers, but these are generally the kinds of words that come up. And we now even have science to back this up, which I think is really cool. They've done studies on power and the brain, how your brain responds to having more or less power in a situation. And they found that when people have more power in a situation, so in the instance maybe of being a leader, they it was their prefrontal cortex that activated, right? The front of your brain, this is nice, calm, logical thinking. It's our higher brain function sometimes called. So when you have that leadership position, you get to think calmly and rationally about things. The interesting piece is when they looked at the brains of people who in that situation had less power. And it's actually your amygdala that activates. Now your amygdala is your emotion center and it is responsible for fear responses. Fight, flight, freeze. All of those pieces are activated in the amygdala. So it does not matter how good your relationship with someone is. You could be the most caring, wonderful person. And the person who you are trying to help as a leader is literally having a little fear response in the back of their brain. Of course, that's going to affect your interaction. Of course, this is now like this layer that exists between you. Now, this is not to lose hope and say everyone's terrified of leaders, but it is something that we really need to be conscious of, just that existence. Now, on top of it, of course, as a leader, you know, maybe you switched, maybe you had the experience of switching from a staff member to a leader, and you previously had great relationships with the people on your team. Suddenly you're in a leadership role, and those people now don't want to talk as much. They seem a little bit more nervous. Well, you're also not only getting this response that their brain is activating a different way, but also you might be taking on this persona of the leaders that have come before you. Maybe this person was one of those people that They'd say the word around power was oppression. They have had horrible experiences before, maybe bad bosses, challenging family life, whatever it was. And now you're also taking on a bit of a role of someone with power who has previously caused harm. This is a lot, right? By You changed nothing about yourself, but the moment you stepped into this role as a leader, all of these different pieces are now attached to you and that role. So this isn't to say that there's no way to get past this. Of course, right? There's lots of people who have fantastic, healthy relationships with their teams. Um, There's a lot of trust that we can build in relationships. 
there's a lot of different things we can do, but this does take intention. And this is why I talk about consciously and ethically using power instead of being unconscious of this and hoping it'll turn out. Hoping, we talked a lot last episode about intentions, hoping that those good intentions are going to have the impact you want. Well, when you're a leader, you need to look past those intentions and be consciously using your power. So when we talk about power and we talk about responsibility, when we are in those leadership roles, what comes to mind? I always think of the quote from Spider-Man, Uncle Ben saying, with great power comes great responsibility. And a lot of people, when they think of power, think of that responsibility they have. But what does that actually mean? I'll ask people this and they'll go, I don't know. I, what, what are you responsible for as a leader? I'm going to suggest that what we're responsible for as leaders is actually just the health of the relationship with this other person. Everyone is 100% responsible, whether you are up power, down power, leader, staff member, whatever, you are 100% responsible for how you show up. You walk into the office smiling, happy, great. You walk into the office scowling and swearing at people. You're 100% accountable for that. That being said, leaders, when they show up, are also taking on this additional responsibility, not for all of that person's action and interactions, but for the health of the interactions between us. So maybe I know from what I've heard or, or our discussions or just a sense that some of your previous experiences with power were not great. Maybe you've talked about that bad boss in the break room and all the horrible things that they did. Well, what I can do is I can listen for that. I can be aware of what's previously happened, of the things that you're saying that are important to you, and I can work within that context to try to match what works best for you. If you've ever done personality typology, I personally use true colors. I think it's a great way of understanding each other. The concept behind personality typology is learn about yourself, but more importantly, learn about other people and how they might perceive things differently. If you're maybe a very logically minded person and this person that you're trying to be responsible for the health of your relationship with is much more relationally oriented, how much can you actually change your way of interaction not being inauthentic, not being fake, but just change the kinds of things you talk about or the way that you talk about things to match them where they're at. This is one place where our society is very backwards, right? We often have it, oh, that's the boss. We're going to interact in the way that they prefer. Very backwards, in my opinion. As the leader, having that extra responsibility, knowing about that vulnerability, we should be the ones stepping up to say, what can I do to make this person more comfortable in the way that they are? Where can I meet them in order to be the most effective leader? Now, I will say too, everyone thinks they are better at this than they are. I'm sure myself included. We all think we're empathetic. We all think that we can change our, our behaviors very easily and our actions very easily. Not to say that we can't, but very, very conscious process because often we get stuck still in our same habits, those same patterns that we're used to. So this is a constantly evolving process. It's something you need to constantly be aware of. Now, we are going to be going into this much, much more with further episodes. This is something we will be talking about a lot are the actual ways that you can monitor for that. So, you know, how are you meeting someone who has maybe different values or different styles of communication? How do you know in a situation when to use 
what type of communication or when to move maybe towards that more relational person, more that more logical sided person. And, you know, once I, like I said at the beginning, there is a lot of different pieces here that are going to come together for creating this, this safety and trust and connection with your team. And this is just the start. Another piece that you can do, and this is, again, just to, to start this out and start this conversation, is really figuring out what this staff member is going to need in their role. And this is a place where I feel sometimes people do, maybe because of their own discomfort with power, shy away a little bit, right? Maybe we don't actually communicate all of the pieces that that of information that that person would need to fulfill their role. Maybe we're not actually providing them with all of the resources that they need to do their job or that they feel they need. Maybe we're not able to fully shield them or protect them from all of the things that are coming maybe from upper, upper levels of management or, or challenges within the organization. So these, there's these different components as well that we want to be aware of is, are we stepping into our power to actually use it to inform, protect, give our staff teams all the resources that they need to actually fulfill their role. Because also it's much easier to say oh, that staff member didn't do what they were supposed to. They didn't complete this task that I, that I hoped they would. They didn't do this the right way. Well, when we're taking responsibility for the relationship, once again, we're not accountable for their actions, but we are accountable for maybe some components that we had an influence over that they then did not have in order to do their job in the way they hoped. So this is a lot to say. There's a lot of seeds planted today. Like I said, we're going to go much more in depth into a lot of these pieces as the show goes on. And I just want to introduce this. Um, I hope B that this answers your question or at least starts to answer your question. Um, for people who do submit questions and uh, stories that they want on the show and they do get on the show, I actually do follow up with a complimentary session so we can make sure that we can go through all the details that your question was answered because we're not using identifying details on this show, there might be other nuances that, that weren't included here. And I wanna make sure that those questions are answered. So if you would like to share your story to ask a question, the link is in the description below. Please share those with me because I would love to hear from you. And I wanna thank you so much for joining and listening today. And I'm really looking forward to speaking with you again next week. Take care. We hope you enjoyed the episode. Make sure to subscribe, comment, and connect with Leah at meetleah.ca.